we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 22nd, 2016. And um, I actually, there was a picture that had kind of got hidden. There's another picture that I posted regarding the uh, this Muslim cookout at Cape Elizabeth, Maine. Now you have to understand, they were contacting me, my listeners, like several times during this vacation. Like, wow, there's all these Muslims in Niagara Falls. Wow, there's all these Muslims in Vermont. Wow, there's all these Muslims in Maine. I mean, it is a gigantic, huge, by design problem that good old Obama has orchestrated in his infinite wickedness. And on that note, I'm going to go ahead and just read this, and it's entitled Obama's Wicked Fruit. All of a sudden, seven years have passed. And um, these are just some point-by-point things regarding his absolute obsession with ushering in Islam into this country. ISIS is only part of the problem. Sharia law is another huge factor. And about 80% of Muslims support it no matter what country they live in. So, all this stuff about peaceful Muslims and all of this other garbage. The, th- the bottom line is, is when you poll these people, the vast, vast majority of them, and this has already been done in America, want Sharia law. And Sharia law is the most oppressive system, other than maybe North Korea, that exists on planet Earth from a political and a religious standpoint. There, there's really no room. Infidels are really only tolerated under Sharia law, and that is if they toe the line and they capitulate. That's the only way they're really tolerated then. Uh, under true Sharia law, an, an infidel, a non-believer in Islam, there's a, there's a myriad of reasons that they could get beheaded, and killed, tortured, their wives and daughters raped, and you know. And the majority of Muslims in this country want that. So I really don't want to hear about the peaceful Islamic movement. If they were truly against the wickedness that went on in Islam, they would be out in mass protesting against it. And where, where are the big mass protests on Islam? Where, where are they at? I just don't see them. Of all the peaceful, moderate Muslims, they don't exist. They're part of the problem. You know what? At the end of the day, they all pray to that same devil moon god. And there's that big, big demon that they're all praying to, that big fallen angel that they're all praying to that is absolutely demon-infesting them and skewing their thinking pattern. And that's the source of the problem. And that's not going away. That's not going anywhere. So, Sharia law is another huge factor and about 80% of Muslims support it no matter what country they live in. Now, these are point-by-points, things about Obama and Islam. Before Obama, there was virtually no outlandish presence of Islam in America. Think about it. Before Obama, there wasn't. Seven and a half years ago, or whatever it is now, do you remember there being some gigantic presence of Islam in America? I really hadn't... I had talked about the atrocities of Islam and had warned about it, but there wasn't... It's not like it is now. Not even near that. The damage that this devil has done in a mere seven and a half years is, is, it defies the imagination. 
All of a sudden, Islam now is taught in schools. Christianity and the Bible are banned in schools, essentially. Or demonized, at bare minimum. All of a sudden, we must allow prayer rugs everywhere and allow for Islamic prayer in schools, airports, and businesses. All of a sudden, we must stop serving pork in prisons. All of a sudden, we are inundated with lawsuits by Muslims who are offended by the American culture. All of a sudden, we must allow burqas to be worn everywhere, even though you have no idea who, what, or where, who who or what is covered up under them. Meaning easy suicide bomber uh, gear. All of a sudden, Muslims are suing employers for refusing to do their jobs if they personally deem it conflicts with Sharia law. All of a sudden, the Attorney General of the United States vows to prosecute anyone who engages in anti-Muslim speech. All of a sudden, jihadists who engage in terrorism and openly admit they acted in the name of Islam and ISIS are emphatically declared that they are not Islamic by our leaders or their, and or their actions are determined not to be terrorism, but other nebulous terms like workplace violence. All of these things I've documented over and over again. All of a sudden it becomes policy that secular Middle East dictators that were benign or friendly to the West must be replaced by Islamists, radical Islamists, and the Muslim Brotherhood. Well, that's what our country's done everything they can do to facilitate that. To destabilize these countries and to put their public, their, their, their puppet, radical Islamic dictators into these positions so that when the time comes they can be mobilized against the Christians, and there are, are that's already happening, and against Israel. It's their whole plan. All of a sudden, our troops are withdrawn from Iraq and the Middle East, giving rise to ISIS. Well, again, okay, I, I'm, <laughs> we created ISIS, okay? Hillary Clinton and Obama, and they, they created ISIS. Um, I'm not saying that would have facilitated that. We probably should have, well, obviously, we shouldn't have been over there to begin with. You look at all of the, the, the hidden agendas behind true presence in the Middle East, the controlling of the oil in those regions, and all these myriad of things that they were trying to accomplish. It's all self-serving. It's all wicked. It's all the perpetuation of war. You know, and, and the monetary forces that drive that. Um... All of a sudden, America has reduced its nuclear stockpiles to 1950 levels as Obama's stated goal of a nuke-free America by the time he leaves office continues in uninterrupted. All of a sudden, a deal with Iran must be made at any cost with a pathway to nuclear weapons and hundreds of billions of dollars handed over to them to fund their programs. All of a sudden, America apologized to Muslim states and the sponsors of terror worldwide for acts of aggression, war, and sabotage they perpetuate against our soldiers. Now again, you look at the whole depleted uranium thing and you look at the documentary Beyond Treason, that gives some perspective to that whole thing. So if you haven't seen Beyond Treason, I would watch that because there's perspective that needs to be gained on some of these subjects that we're talking here. I haven't, the thing is I hadn't actually edited this part yet, so I'm just kind of reading it as it was sent to me. Um... Okay, all of a sudden, the American Navy is diminished to, 19, to 1917 pre-World War I levels and only 300 ships. The Army is at pre-1940 levels. When we, went, when we entered into World War II, we were unbelievably, woefully unequipped to enter into World War II. Unbelievably, if you watch any documentaries on that, you'll see that's the case. 
the most massive mobilization of human manpower and woman power and resources and obviously then men entering into the draft or or being drafted or entering involuntarily this unbelievable monumental effort had to take place in order for the american military machine to get up to speed in order to fight that war on two fronts okay but they were unbelievably not ready for that prior to world war ii um the air force scraps 500 planes and plane to retire the use of the a-10 thunderbolt close air support fighter a further drawdown of another 40,000 military personnel is in process. Now, why would they be doing that? Well, they want to make sure that our military and our resources are as depleted as possible for when the Illuminati pulls the trigger on all of this that we've been talking about today, where the UN troops come in, where the Muslim, the terrorist Muslims that are already here, uh, however, the um, other illegal aliens that are here that may be participating the gangs and all of these other criminal elements that are already pre-existing and pre-positioned in america they want to make sure our military is depleted as possible okay because they know that most of them won't go along with a military that is going to be firing on its own citizens so if it's totally depleted and it's diminished and gelded essentially well they're not going to be near as a formidable problem as a super super strong military it's exactly why they're doing it uh, next point all of a sudden half our aircraft carriers are recalled for maintenance by obama rendering the atlantic unguarded none in the middle east all of a sudden obama has to empty guantanamo bay of captured jihadists and let them loose in jihad friendly islamic states he demands to close the facility all of a sudden america will negotiate with terrorists and trade five taliban commanders for a deserter and jihad sympathizer uh bo bergdahl i believe all of a sudden there is no money for america's poor disabled veterans jobless americans hungry americans or displaced americans but there is endless money for obama's serious terrorist muslim program resettlement programs they're called the, the syrian refugee programs yep all of a sudden there is an ammunition shortage in the usa all of a sudden the most important thing for obama to do after a mass shooting by two jihadists is to disarm abiding law-abiding patriotic american citizens um well that's what he wants to do that hasn't quite happened yet all of a sudden the president of the united states cannot attend the christian funerals of a supreme court justice even though i don't believe the guy was christian come on and a former first lady because of previous unseemingly unimportant commitments i'm uh, I'm not sure the majority of Americans recognize the seriousness of the situation and how much progress has been made by Islam and Obama throughout America these last seven and a half years. So, yeah. Uh, some things to think about. Some definite things to think about regarding good old Obama and uh, all of the wickedness and damning. That's just part of the wickedness and evil that he has done in his time in office here. So, let's go back to the original report that we were talking about here so from the original report a full list of contributing countries can be found here at the un peacekeeping resources page so the contributing countries that are going to be sending in their troops here's the page where you can see what countries they're coming from 
with accusations that the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton are responsible for the rise of ISIS, which is 100% true, and we've documented that in recent studies, and all the ignored intelligence reports facilitating the rise of ISIS, we also have to wonder if the Obama administration isn't setting up Christians in America for slaughter by refusing uh, to release or inform Christians that they have been targeted by ISIS on their recent kill list. Now, they won't say anything about it, but I do have a link that's entitled, Are You On ISIS's Target List? Find out now. And click on that, enter your name in, see what happens. Okay. Um, I think these are mostly high-profile targets, most likely, but you can check the list if you want to. Here's a link to it. It will be on page 6 to 7 of the PDF for today. Uh, then, these are just some recent headlines, along with this. Is history repeating itself? Russia's Putin signs sharing beliefs as extremism and there are punishments. No more home churches over there. It's, it's, I believe what it's really targeting is true Bible-believing Christianity and the spread of that. And all of a sudden, Putin has come in and, and laying down all these draconian, trying to get all these draconian laws enacted that will, from what I can see, ban true Christianity in Russia. So he's, he, he's no saint, okay? Putin. Um, I put out a series of links about that recently where it got into it point by point. All I mean, it is really bad if you're a Christian over there. Really bad. Not to say it's not going to be really bad here real soon, too. Um, the next current event uh, headline in Belgium, Muslim youth recites Islamic prayer for Allah to annihilate all the Christians. That's what they're praying for the Christians, in their wit, what is that? What is a prayer to the demonic moon god? Well, it's witchcraft. It's not just a prayer. You think that all that, all those times that they bow to Mecca every day and, and get on their prayer rug and prostrate themselves or bow down, do you understand that is mass witchcraft going on every single day? It's like witches pray. To their, whatever deity they're trying to invoke power from. When you have a population as large as Islam, okay, which is, I don't know, what is it, like a third of the world population or something? And they're literally bowing down and praying to their devil moon god every day. That is mass witchcraft every single day that is being committed by millions of these I would call them infidels. And witchcraft has power. It's not like there's no power in it. They're very, for the most part, they're very much more committed and serious about their faith than the average, quote, Christian would be. Especially in America. I'm not making a blanket statement about every Christian. I'm just saying for the most part. They, they take their cult, devil death cult, very, very seriously. And, you know, when they kill what they deem to be um, infidels, when they rape, pillage, steal, kill, they view that as, as uh, doing that in homage to Allah. And they believe they will be blessed for that. Just like when a witch will take an animal or a small child and kill them in, in the form of human sacrifice. Why are they doing that? Not only are they doing that to be true to their, their cult devil belief system, but they also do that because they believe they're going to get a benefit from it. 
So this is something that I probably even haven't emphasized enough. The mass witchcraft that is literally being committed several times per day by millions, billions of Islamists out there. Every day. And it's no wonder the world is degrading when you have that unfettered level of witchcraft participation going on every single day. And they're, one of the big things they pray for is to annihilate all the Christians and the Jews. And Allah is here in their prayers. And that's why I say we pray against this. We pray against this wickedness. That God intervene. That they do not prosper in wickedness. That if it be possible, their souls be saved. But God does know the beginning from the end. And if they will not repent of their wickedness, that, that they fall into their own trap, that they get caught in their own snare, that all their plans be destroyed, that they do not prosper in wickedness, that God would get the victory and the glory, that God would protect his remnant and the innocent and all the little children. I mean, the genital mutilation thing alone and, 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 their, and their right to rape little children and they have the, their little child brides and their temporary marriages and 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 then their little chai tea boys dancing boys of afghanistan how they rape them and they they view them as just like little animals that they can sexually abuse and then they grow up to be animals just like the animals that were raping them it's extremely common in islam and yet they have the audacity and the hypocrisy to act like gays are this oh when when the propensity toward sodomy toward <coughs> excuse me toward having sex with other men well actually in this case i believe they do prefer boys little boys that's fine though that's fine or farm animals they're into that too it's a huge problem in islam i've documented that over and over that's fine though but they act like they're so much better and so much more morally upright than, you know, everybody in America. And I'm not saying America's perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but these are the most depraved devils on the planet. Look at the fruit of this wicked, evil religion. And they have the audacity to act like they're so morally superior when they're the most depraved devils on two legs, by and large. just unbelievable the hypocrisy with that, that exists within islam and then there's a syrian priest that says this is another report the west abandoned christians for oil like i said there's that's a very very complex there's so many uh hidden agendas over there oil killing christians you know perpetuating the war machine installing their puppet uh, radical islamic dictators making sure that israel is is encompassed you know it's just so many we also note that during the obama administration both russian and chinese troops have been allowed to train on u.s soil and according to the u.n peacekeeping resource page both are contributing members for providing troops to the u.n is it any wonder why the number of american citizens are so concerned about the continued pre-positioning of united nations vehicles and troops on american soil here's a link to that i've done several reports on that as well all of the pre-positioning of of um vehicles and troops now again look you're like well, why don't we see them well when whenever they're pre-positioned they're hidden 
They're either hidden on military bases that you can't get on or in underground compounds. I, I talked about that in, in the teaching that I did. There's vast underground compounds where these vehicles can be disappeared into and can be deployed on a moment's notice. And you'll wonder, where do these all come from? Well, they're underground. Got into that in that recent teaching I did on the uh, North Carolina mountains, which is where I live, essentially. Okay, so continuing, uh, this report says, also a Steve Quayle alert dated August 7, 2016, describes an open access call with participants including State Attorneys General of Virginia, New York, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. I put this out, I believe, in a newsletter as well. <clears throat> Along with DHS, FEMA, and ADL, um, the topic was gun confiscation. It is not known if someone risked their life to get this conference call public, hit the wrong switch by accident, or put the info out to see who would leak it. Bottom line is, the plan was for DHS, FEMA, and local police with massive assets to bull rush the gun-owning citizenry of these states, seize their weapons, and execute this op so quickly that there could be no retaliation from pro-American forces to stop it in time. I, it's pretty tough for me to possibly comprehend this because it would have to be such a massive, coordinated effort. I do not see how they would have the manpower to do it. With as many gun owners that exist in America... Um, so, anyway, uh, but maybe they think they can pull it off. I mean, and when it's DHS and FEMA at the head of it, they would be the ones at the spear tip to initiate something like this. Uh, it goes on to say, if that wasn't bad enough, those participating in the teleconference who were planning this actually began to ridicule those frontline people who would be engaged in this treason. Apparently, they even joked how easily it would be to throw the frontline people under the bus in the end so they could take the blame and the real planners would just walk away clean. Well, that's what their, their plan always is. The teleconference was only open access to state and federal agencies. Guess who just happened to be listening, though? The police. We won't say which. They had access over their computers in their squad cars. They were told that they made... We were told that they made discs of the two-hour meeting and, and are distributing them among other trusted police groups. The call was described by Mark Kornicki of the Intelligence Report broadcast over the, over the microeffect.com and Liberty Tree Radio on 8-4-2016 in the 8 a.m. I'm sorry, the 8 a.m. hour broadcast, around 20 minutes in. I did listen to that. There's a link to that here. Another interesting point was made via a forwarded email. So, I mean, it, it, that's but that's gigantically huge. Now... <clears throat> If there is validity to this, and they know that they've been found out, obviously that would be something that would throw a monkey wrench into their plans. Okay, so if it is true, I would like to think it was divine providence uh, that played the major part, <laughs> obviously, in exposing that. So going further, it says another interesting point was made via forwarded email to A&P, all news... Uh, well, anyway, they're, they're the ones that, uh, on his pipeline, I'm sorry, they're the ones that are putting this report out, where we see the U.S. Navy is getting rid of their blueberry camouflage uniform to be replaced with woodland, with the emailer noting that this, 
quote, this is somewhat alarming to those of us who think outside the box. The Navy is going to woodland camo? Not standard blues, not olive drab, not desert, but woodland? The camo would only work in an area that has dense tree foliage, like the U.S. Remember, J so in other words, there's all these telltale signs that they're, I mean, more than telltale, but a lot of different sources are confirming a move in this area. And again, this is why I like this report that we're looking at today, because we're not just looking at one thing here. We're looking at a series of things, and then you look at all the, the things that we've reported on in times past, pointing in this very direction. <clears throat> Going forward, it says, remember Jade Helm, where the U.S. military prepositioned massive military assets all along the United States while using the American soil for their training including naming U.S. states as, quote, hostile. They were preparing for battle. They were eventually going to, were they preparing for battle? And were they eventually going to be fighting? Uh, now, the last part is, are the clergy response teams being activated? In May 2006, Paul Joseph Watson reported a pastor had come forward to reveal that the FEMA had become training pastors and other religious representatives. There is a link. It's www.clergyresponseteams.com. Okay, so let me just repeat that. Reported a pastor had come forward to reveal that FEMA had begun training pastors and other religious representatives to become secret police enforcers who teach their congregations to obey the government in preparation for a declaration of martial law, property and firearm seizures, and forced relocation. So, again, I, I got into this uh, at length earlier regarding all the studies I've done on this. Okay, so this, again, was all the way back in May of 2006, which is about the same time this ministry started. That's why I've been able to report on this for so long. Uh, all of this started breaking around that time. <clears throat> what I did also is I put the link to my teaching entitled Romans 13, an unlimited subservience to the government. Where should a Bible-believing Christian draw the line? So if you want to hear that teaching, I, I put that link in there uh, in the PDF. <clears throat> Those reports were confirmed by Channel 12 K. KSL News, which reported the following in 2012. Now, I've actually played these clips before, but I'm just going to repeat the verbiage now. If martial law were enacted here at home, like depicted in the movie, The Siege, and this is a reporter talking about this, and you've, again, I have played this clip before, um, easing public fears and quelling dissent would be critical, and that's exactly what the clergy response team helped accomplish in the wake of Katrina. Dr. Durrell Tuberville serves as chaplain for the Shreveport Fire Department and the Cato Sheriff's Office. Tuberville said of the clergy response team's mission quote the primary thing that we say to anybody is let's cooperate and get this thing over with and we'll settle the differences once the crisis is over no basically cooperate in their terms means do whatever the government tells you to do regardless of if it conflicts with the bible at all in other words go along to get along forget about the bible obey the government no matter what and until we get this thing over then you can be a christian again Again, this is what it's coming to. This is what they're going to be expecting of their congregations. And and it's it's absolute insanity is what we're dealing with here. Such clergy response teams would walk a tightrope during the martial law between, and again, this is from the actual news report, I'm quoting, they would walk a tightrope during martial law between, and again, they're admitting they have the clergy response teams all the way back in 2006, okay, yoked up with FEMA and DHS, and um, anyway, they would walk a tightrope tight during martial law between the demands of the government on one side versus the wishes of the public on the other. 
In a lot of cases, these clergy response teams would already be known in neighborhoods in which they were helping to defuse the situation, assured Sandy Davis. Uh, he serves as the director of the Cato Basir Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness. Okay, now back to the main report. While the clergy response teams were waved away as a conspiracy in 2006, even though they openly admitted to it, before their existence was confirmed years later, we now see some strange events being, I don't see how we can say it was confirmed years later when they were openly admitting they had clergy response teams in 2006. And they had pastors that they interviewed there that we just quoted from. So it's been around for a long time. <clears throat> um. We now, we now see some strange events being reported by readers as their longtime pastors have simply up and left their churches. And we wonder, and we have to wonder if the clergy response team is being activated nationwide, if some are being brought in to participate elsewhere, and if others just aren't leaving, aren't just leaving now because the orders are coming down and they refuse to lead their sheep to the slaughter. So that could be a very real possibility. Now, if you want to see my teachings on the clergy response team, I give you a link here. All you have to do is key in clergy in the keyword response at uh, or the keyword search at contendingfortruth.com. But there's a link here as well. In Stephen Stanford's UN Troop Across America article from August 6, 2016, which was just you know a couple weeks ago, the following reports came from their readers. This is just from a couple weeks ago. Um, this one lady says, "My pastor of 14 years up and left." He told us that he had no prior desire for a different pastorate, and then he just left. He gave three weeks' notice. There's links to these, so you can actually check them out. These are actually real posts. Um, he gave us three weeks' notice. Now, we're, we're just told our youth minister just resigned as well. They didn't even stay around to say goodbye. They just went poof, and I can tell you almost with certainty, both were FEMA pastors. Something's deadly close for them to leave so suddenly. This is a couple weeks ago. Another listener, Powell, responded and said, My sister's pastor of 18 years up and quit in the middle of a service three weeks ago, saying he wanted to spend more time with his family. He had been asked to go to a conference last fall regarding immigrants. So I'm sure it's the whole illegal immigration, but in particular Muslim, the Muslim uh, invasion the day after he quit the people were asked i guess the people of the church were asked by the district superintendent to be the host to some immigrants who would be arriving in 30 days now remember that i said before and i've, I've done this in at least two teachings where i listed all of the religious agencies the catholics the lutherans the methodists you could go on and on and on baptists are even included that are being mobilized in order to bring in the Muslim invaders, in order to uh, make sure that they're placed where they need to be placed, I'm sure they have a lot to do with their housing, all of the government benefits that are going to be showered on on them, all of the um, logistical things, these religious 501c3 whore satanic religious groups are the backbone for how the government is bringing in the majority of these Muslim invaders. It's all documented. There's a list of like, I mean, it, it would take me an hour to list all of the religious organizations by state that are being 
utilized in this. I think I just read some from um, my state, North Carolina, but there were so many. And they're the ones that are, that are the, the absolute liaisons to make all of this happen and to bring these Muslim invaders in. So this makes total sense to me. But it says he's been asked to go to a conference uh, last fall regarding the immigrants. The day after he quit, the people were asked by the super, district superintendent to be host to some immigrants who would be arriving in 30 days. That way you can bring them into your house and at the, and at the um, appointed time, you will, well, actually you won't wake up. You will um, be beheaded or you're going to find them raping your wife or daughters or whatever they're going to be doing, killing the infidels at some predetermined time. What better place than to put them in a supposed Christian infidels' houses? In the, in you know, the great Satan, the country of the great Satan, which is how they view infidels that live in America. That's what it's referred to as, the great Satan. And the little Satan's Israel. Their words, not mine. What better place to place them? They're probably running out of places to place them. So they figure, well, if we could get them in Christians' houses, lukewarm doesn't matter. Not only can they be acting as spies, but at the appropriate time, they can commandeer, kill everybody in the house, and take over. What better, what better plan? And the pastors are going to be the ones facilitating, and evidently are facilitating this. They're probably being told to keep your mouth shut. The government wants this hush-hush. Do the Christian thing. Bring these devils into your home. And, and shut up. I'm just, I'm speculating, but I, I, I would almost guarantee you this is happening because I look at the, the, all these, quote, religious 501c, their organizations, yoked up with the government, guaranteed the clergy response teams, totally tied in with that, that are the ones that are being charged with doing all of this. They'd be arriving in 30 days. My sister was asked to cook for them, but she was told no pork or beef. Why would they say no beef? Because whatever beef they're going to get is not going to be halal certified, meaning ritualistic, re, Islamically ritualistically slaughtered. When they have to have all of this halal certification on the foods. That's why I will not buy any product with halal certifications. There's different forms. I got into this um, in other teachings. Just key in halal H-A-L-A-L, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, you'll see the teachings where I've taught on this. But essentially, when you slaughter, now granted, pork's never allowed, but when you slaughter like, uh, let's say a cow, for instance, you have a, theoretically, in the right way it should be done for it to be halal certification, is, is some Islamic dude there saying, Allah Akbar, okay, Allah is great or whatever. as the cows being slaughtered now what i hear that they do is they will actually play a recording over and over again that says that <laughs> so that that makes it all right and, and, and good so her sister was asked to cook for them but she was told no pork or beef and then it, it ends by saying all is not what it seems i just clicked on that on on the the link to where that came from on this pipeline i mean and there's a whole bunch of other videos that I don't even have time to play, but UN troops, gunship spotted in California and Oregon. There's a whole video on that. Former Special Forces, uh, United Nations. 
just seeing what the titles are. Former Special Forces Reggiano, United Nations troops are already here. Uh, that's an hour-long video there. These are recent. And then another one, UN military vehicle seen rolling down Virginia Highway. I talked about that. Um, <laughs> UN military truck spotted across the UN foreign troops. Uh, training, waiting in our military bases. UN wants Department of Justice to federalize all police. Now, understand, if, if Trump were to get in, I don't see how they can implement this unless he's a total shill and lying through his teeth. So, what are their options at this point? I mean, Hillary seems to be going downhill by the day. I mean, she's like a reanimated corpse at this point. And if they can't pull it off with her and prop her up to a rigged election, Trump getting in office would not be optional. So could it be that all of these things that are being put into position at seemingly a, a very accelerated timetable, could it be because they know that? Or as that as a plan B, thinking, well, okay, maybe Hillary can do it. Maybe maybe we can, I don't know, reanimate her enough to, to get her in office. I don't see how she could serve four years. I really don't. I, I just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's crazy stuff, stuff to pray about. Going further, if, if we go further in this, Kevin noted, and, and again, these are all reference little things, that his pastor preached about submission and authority so much that Kevin actually asked him if he was part of the clergy response team. I don't know how that turned out, but then it says, Prepper Girl shared that she gave a series of survival classes in her church when, when she did that, the pastor called her a conspiracy theorist and told her she was making the church, quote, look bad. These devil sellout pastors are going to burn in hell white hot and there is a special place in hell for them because they want to ride the coattails of Jesus Christ leading their flocks to the slaughter. That's different than just having somebody evil do something, and they have, the, it's like they're out in the open with it. I'm evil. Islam, it's evil. Uh, granted, I know they're a bunch of liars. But they're not, they're not trying to ride the coattails of Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Uh, this, this other person indicated that a local minister was asking very probing questions while they were working out in a gym with a reader. Um... And then a discussion after a school shooting in New Mexico where the pastor indicated he was trained to deal with the aftermath but was sworn to secrecy. So, in other words, the aftermath of uh, some major disaster, I guess. The entire discussion segment of that thread about the clergy response teams is eye-opening and can be found by scrolling down the comments until readers reach that part. Okay, and I give you the link to that. So if you want to know more about this, it's it, there's a lot more information. The bottom line, events happening in rapid succession suggest something big is being prepared for. And with Barack Obama basically handing over control of America in times of conflict to the United Nations control, the very same organization that has been pushing for gun control, we find the report on the open access gun confiscation call to be a very huge red flag. That was what we went over earlier as to what comes directly after this event. 
They're preparing for something huge. We should be as well. I, I just truly believe at this point, unless God intervenes between now and I guess whatever Obama leaves office, there's going to be something big time that happens. I mean, okay, they could rig the election, prop up Hillary, get her into office, and the New World Order would have more time to implement what it wanted without having to get totally medieval, theoretically. Maybe they want to do that before then, no matter what. I don't really know. But I have never seen such a time since I've been in ministry where the potential for something cataclysmic to happen is could be literally on the horizon. I know I've said that a lot lately, but it just keeps getting confirmed over and over. And I'm going to go ahead and end part two here, and we will go to part three, which should, should be the last part next. So God bless you, and we will see you in part three.